Hi there, I'm Robert Nedgen, host of the Information Security Podcast. Today, we are live from the Information Security Summit 2019 event in Cleveland, Ohio, where thought leaders and industry experts come together for three days of intriguing discussion, networking, and learning. And uh, today I'm speaking with Tom Hardin of the Franciscan Alliance. Tom, welcome to the Information Security Summit podcast. Thank you. So, Tom, what is the Franciscan? When I think of Franciscan, I think of the high school I went to, which was run by the Franciscans. What is Franciscan Alliance? Franciscan Alliance is a hospital system in Indiana and Illinois, and it is the Franciscan discipleship. It is run by the Franciscans. Yes, it is. So, exactly. I feel at home because I went (laughs) to a Franciscan high school. There you go. That's exactly the same mentality, the same approach, the same conviction. Based on St. Francis. Yes. uh, Of Assisi. Yes. And uh, so, I mean, these are people that really care. Yes, they do. They want to make sure that we're providing the highest quality care for our patients as they come in and put their trust and faith within us. That's, that's important. So what's your background? I mean, you know, what is your role within the Franciscan Alliance? I'm considered an information security leader that has um, developed departments and programs that are based upon industry best practices and standard frameworks. So that way you get consistency in how you deliver security services. So your talk is about cyber incident response and Mm -hmm. business. For those who are not like security nerds like you and I are. Okay, <laughs> what is what is incident response? And what is the relationship between cyber incident response and, and business? It's a very good question. Uh, the term cyber came out as a buzzword probably about five years ago to replace what was considered computer incident response. So it was more the techie side of the world when bad things happen and things aren't acting appropriately or the way that you expect them to, then it could affect the business. And the business expects us to go ahead and handle things in an efficient and effective manner while preserving the confidentiality and integrity of that information that people put with us, whether it be customers or our own company confidential information. Does cyber incident response, does it differ from other types of incidents for an organization? Um, Like I uh, pointed out, cyber means it's the techie side of the world. So there's all kinds of events or occurrences that could affect the operations of an organization, some of which are are cyber. What are some of the typical incidents that occur? Um, From a cyber perspective, you might have malware, you might have phishing, you may have ransomware that gets out there. You could have service failures that would be related potentially, but you have to use your incident response plan to figure that out. Now, if you're talking about the business side, there are unavailability of resources, whether they be systems, services, people, buildings, to be able to deliver the business value that they're expected. Sometimes cyber incidents could cause an impact to the business. And when it's that type of concern, you have to manage it appropriately involving the right parties and having the right communications. So I'm thinking of a business where you might have some dominant personalities who are not necessarily versed in information security, and they say, all right, we put in a ticketing system, and uh, yeah, they have a problem. They open a ticket to the help desk, and okay, so it's a help security desk, and they call them. That's our, that's our plan. That's right. That's is, the plan. Is that enough? For that's a, not enough. Why? Um, they may call for run-of-the-mill interruptions in their daily activities where 
cyber has to take a look to say, when is something bigger than a normal everyday concern? And then have a major incident process in place that will allow for the right people to get involved to determine how best to handle it moving forward using tools So there's an escalation Absolutely. Path. A defined escalation path is key. And you're able to take this, you've got this mapped out. Yes. So you bubble it up the list mm -hmm. if this is bad or this is worse or this is really bad or this is really a oh, oh bad <laughs> moment. <laughs> That's correct. And you have a, a roadmap on how to respond. Yes, it, it's based upon some of the frameworks. You look at using— um, Now, what's a framework? Again, we're, we're assuming that not everybody's a security nerd like you and me. What, what's a framework? A, a framework gives you direction and guidance on how best to implement and manage and staff a information security program and related events or capabilities, such as your information technology disaster recovery plan, um, which is different than a cyber incident response plan. But they're both managed by experienced individuals who know how to actually use escalation and communication to drive um, results to make sure the business is going to be able to be available and deliver what its value proposition to its customers. So let's say I'm a security newbie. Mm -hmm. What frameworks should I start shopping for? How many? What are some of the common frameworks that are out there for uh, uh, cyber incident response? Um, I would rely on your NIST from the federal government, uh, as well as potentially ISO, which is an international standards body. But the now, which ISO number is that? It would be the twenty-seven thousand series. Twenty-seven thousand. Twenty-seven thousand one. Twenty-seven thousand. The whole family, because it talks family. about how do you do it if you own your own data centers and you own your own risk, or even if you put it in a third-party cloud provider. They all have have to comply or they're suggested to comply with ISO 27000 Now, NIST, you can pull that right off the internet, can't exactly. you? Exactly. You can go to uh, the U.S. government site and just pull it down. Do you remember what the URL is? Because I don't know NIST. off the top of my gov. head. NIST.gov. Something like that. And there's another whack at the end that you have to put a yes. extension on. It's something you can Google, though. If you <laughs> yes. put in NIST incident response into a search engine, yep. uh, whether it be Google or one of the other search engines, yep. you can probably find it, I would imagine. Absolutely. And they should find it. I mean, companies need an incident response plan. Mm -hmm. we, we can't be making it up as we go along, but that's what a lot of companies have been doing up until recently. It, it's very scary when you find yourself without a playbook, without a plan to address a particular event or occurrence. You want to make sure that you actually have those playbooks that are specific to the event that you're trying to respond to, as well as your organization and the capabilities with a solid communication escalation plan. Now, as you've designed this incident response plan at your organization, what are some of the things that you've observed over the years? How has this improved the organization that you work for? How has it helped them? It gives you confidence in the ability to understand the challenges that may present themselves as you expose more information through either the internet or applications, smartphone apps to your customers. You have to understand how best to go ahead and involve the right organizations at the right time to assist you. You're not in it alone. There are other resources out there if you think it's an industry target, and you're not the only organization that's actually affected in that industry, you may be able to rely on local authorities such as police, uh, FBI, et cetera, to go ahead and actually assist you in understanding how best to go ahead and proceed forward with a lot of help from those very specialized groups of people. Just to plug for one of our earlier podcasts, we talked to uh, Special Agent Ryan McFarlane earlier today on our podcast. 
the FBI wants people to call them. <laughs> they they want to know security people on a first name basis. That's exactly and, right. And they they want to be your friends because mm-hmm. they want to help you fight the bad guys. Oh no, they're scary. Uh, but I would recommend you bring them in anyways because they can really provide some assistance that you may not even know about, and they may have information that they have basically been collecting for a short period of time on a similar type concern, and you won't know unless you talk to them. And call authorities as part of your incident response plan. Absolutely. Um, But first, you want to make sure that you understand if you have cyber insurance, what the requirements are, and when you need to make sure that you contact them. Because the last thing you want to do is find yourself in the middle of an incident response where you took three wrong steps that prohibits you from being able to file an insurance claim. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Insurance says you got to do things a certain way or we won't pay. Exactly. And I'm saying that sarcastically because <laughs> you got to know what's in your cyber insurance policy. Exactly. And that's why you want to make sure you know how to activate and when to activate and the proper procedure, because at that point, you can rely on what you've paid for. And the policy can actually influence how your incident response plan is written. Um, absolutely. In some carriers, they actually provide breach coach. And who those folks are, are individuals that have a lot of experience in how to handle uh, cyber incident incidents of varying types, and it's within the framework that the insurance company demands you work within. So that way, you will be able to file a claim. Is this stuff like set in stone, or is it like changing all the time? It's set in stone as long as your policy is in force. And then from that point, it may change the next year with offerings, coverages, et cetera, depending on what's happening in the industry. Um, But what is set in stone that should never change is you should have an active plan. It should be up to date. Anybody who's listed as a resource that has a role to play in your plan has been trained appropriately to what the expectations are for that role and that you involve uh, your third parties concerns, meaning if you have a a solution that relies on someone outside of your company to help deliver, you should have their response plan understood and built into your incident response. And it should make sure that takes into consideration any regulatory requirements for notification or communication of affected individuals. So if you're a business professional who's saying, oh man, I, I need to have incident response in my organization or your security newbie, you know, where do they start? Do they bring in vendors to create incident response? Do they just create their own? How, how would somebody get started doing incident response if they're not doing any incident response program? I would recommend that they actually contact any industry groups that they may belong to, similar or the same type of organizations, because they're going to actually have some of the best insight on what they need to worry about, how best to look at including risks or things specific to that industry for that company, for that geography, and then possibly even do a simple search on the internet to find some standard, what do you need to include in your incident response plan? Uh, There are plenty of examples out there. If you look in the education, if you look in finance, if you look in hospitals, there's a lot of good information that's made publicly available just to give people a jump start. This is really doable. It's, It's not a mountain that's insurmountable. It is not insurmountable. The other challenge that people will face is how do you integrate your cyber incident response plan with some of the other response plans that your organization may have, whether it be business continuity, disaster recovery, market liquidity, um, pandemic planning. You have to rely on standard services that are understood on 
how to actually say which plan needs to be activated first and then have a common consistent way that you escalate concerns to a group of leaders who can then actually articulate and create a story that is understandable by the senior most organization leaders to help you make an effective and quick decision on the next right thing to do. And in the case of the Franciscan Alliance, by putting this incident response plan program together, you're helping them fulfill their mission of caring for people. Absolutely, because every minute that we can't rely on our information technology services to be delivered in the right way, we put in jeopardy our ability to deliver quality patient care. This this, this impacts lives. Exactly. I mean, it if does. a hospital is is hit by malware, lives could be at stake if if systems are impacted. That's exactly right. This is serious stuff, and it's important work that you're doing. And Tom, thank you for your time today. And if someone wants to contact you, how, how do they find Tom Harden? Um, go to LinkedIn, and actually, I'm under Tom H1 as the Tom Harden. Uh, you'll see an ugly blonde guy there. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, a delight to speak with you. Thanks for joining us on the Information Security Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, you can listen to more from the Information Security Summit 2019, featuring keynotes and behind-the-scenes interviews with some of the summit's speakers by subscribing to the Information Security Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app, or go to informationsecuritysummit.org. We'd like to give special thanks to our sponsors, ASMGI and Bright Skies. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay secure.